0: Brittany and welcome to my library. Welcome to a new episode in the podcast. I'm very excited for this week's episode. It is September 1st of the day I'm recording this, and that means it's time for a new reading wrap up. I'm super excited to share with you the books that I read in August. I read six books. This month and i think that's pretty good for what's been going on and how i've been feeling like i feel like i've finally gotten my personality back a little bit and i'm very excited first i want to just squeal about the taylor swift the heirs tour movie coming out in october oh my gosh i'm so excited I'm taking will and I'm taking two of my best friends and we're gonna be singing and dancing and trading bracelets in that movie theater I'm super excited I got the tickets for opening night of the movie and oh my gosh I'm just so excited I like you just get to experience it all over again and it's amazing and I can't wait to share that experience with my friends because I went alone to the concert But anyway, I'm super excited about that. But moving on, um, let's get right into this week's episode. First, let me share with you what I'm currently reading. I'm currently reading Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. This is like a romantic contemporary romance, I guess, and we have... Anastasia, who's been working her entire life to be an Olympic figure skater, she skates with like in pairs, like it's a pair skate, so she has a partner that she skates with and she has everything fully planned out because she's on this scholarship and she really wants to make sure that she can prove herself. So... She has this going on, a lot going on for her. And then we have Nate, who's the team captain of the hockey team. and they play for the same college. or they're both they both go to the same university. That's the premise I forgot to mention. They go to the same university. She's on the figure skating team. She's trying to go, you know, Team USA. Nate is the captain of the hockey team. And because of a prank, the hockey team's uh, skating rink melts. And so they have to share the skating rink with the figure skaters. And it cuts into their, their practice times a little bit. So they start having to be interacting with each other. And she doesn't really vibe with him that much because he's a distraction to her and all of her plans and there's a lot of pressure on her to be perfect and she's having issues with like her skating partner and all of this going on and she has commitment issues and blah 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 but I am enjoying it it seems like a fairly like average read but I am not too far into it so I'm hoping that It'll get a little better, especially because it's kind of long. It's almost 400. It's over 400 pages. So we'll see how that goes. But I am enjoying it. And I'm going to add this book into my August reading wrap up because I will probably finish it before this episode comes out on Sunday. So yeah. Okay, let's get into the books I read this month, and that will be a fun time. The first book that I read this month was One for My Enemy by Olivia Blake. I love Olivia Blake. If you didn't know, hi, I'm Brittany, and I love Olivia Blake. She is one of my favorite authors. Everything she's written that I have read has just been so astounding like her writing style is so beautiful and like mesmerizing to read and she just like her mind is so smart and she brings such like simple concepts to this elevated level where you just like can't help but appreciate it and you're like this is art like this is literature this is art and it's so good but the premise for one for my enemy is you have your romeo and juliet characters and it's set in modern day manhattan between two rival witch families and you have the uh romeo character he is he has two brothers and a father And they have built up this empire for themselves. And then you have the Juliet character. And her and her family, she has only sisters and their mother, has built up this secret empire that's more taboo. Um, It's like they're... Within this, like, the witch society, they kind of have to be hide in plain sight. And so they kind of hide themselves in plain sight by being this, like, wellness and care center, like, where you go to get, like, scrubs and stuff. Um, And then they, like, sneak postures into their products. And it's so, there's, like, another level because you have, like, what you think is your Romeo and Juliet character. And then that plot happens what happens with Romeo and Juliet. But then when that ends, it keeps going with different characters and it plays out to where this like multi-level family drama is going on to where like it really goes into the roots of where this feud really started and why it started and you have like revenge, there's like lust, there's just this finding yourself there's this righteous anger that the characters are dealing with after like losing their loved ones and then there's like revenge of getting each other back and where does that line really end like who's gonna stop it because eventually it has to stop before it there's nothing left and so yeah it just was so good in the middle it kind of felt more slow to me but then it picked back up at the very end and it was so good and the ending i like thought about it for days so that was really good i definitely recommend any of Olivia e. blake's books they're just so so good they're so thought-provoking And they really stick with you long after you're finished with them. The second book that I read this month was The Bone Shard Daughter by Andrea Stewart and this book is crazy. It's adult fantasy and basically it has it's set in this world. Let me try to explain this the best that I can. So, this emperor, he's kind of come to the end of his reign. He has this magic that only the emperor, like line, can can do. And what they do is they take pieces of bone from everybody in the empire, and you, when you, when he carves. Directions onto the little bone shards. He then takes animals and puts different parts of the animal together and he puts the bone shards in them. And then basically he makes like these little robot, quote unquote, things that he can command to do whatever he wants. And so he kind of rules the empire through these constructs is what they're called and no one really likes this process anymore there's this secret rebellion going on then they're trying to stop the empire but the thing about the emperor is he his line of successors like the first emperor like his great great grandfather whatever stopped this evil, like, demon thing from basically killing all the humans, and so that's where their bone shard magic comes from, but now people are starting to question if it's really necessary anymore, and it follows, like, four different characters throughout this story. You have the bone shard emperor's daughter, the princess, And then there's this kind of, he's like a a rogue pirate ex-military guy who's trying to find his lost wife. Then you have the daughter of a governor and her girlfriend. And her girlfriend is kind of tied up in the rebellion. And the governor's daughter doesn't really know how to handle this. Or she wants to help, but she doesn't want to get in trouble for it. And then there's this one character who doesn't know who she is. She just knows like she just has these simple directions in her brain that she has to follow. And so it's very it there's a lot like the the type of fantasy book that this is. It kind of I liked it I liked the book a lot. I thought it was really good. But, like, the the concept of the constructs was really weirding me out. Like, they were explaining one of the constructs, like, how they, they were described. And they're, like, a deer with, like, elephant ears and a tail, like a lion's tail. And they're, like, the spymaster and whatever. And so the daughter of the empire she starts learning these secrets and she's trying to get the more magic so that she can you know take over for her father but she's missing all of these memories and she's trying to get them back and so yeah it's really wild uh my favorite point of view was hers and then the rogue pirates who's trying to find his wife he just goes on this like little adventure, and he, like, rescues this baby animal, and they become, like, little companions, and I like that story a lot, but, yeah, this is a trilogy, and the third book just came out, so I'll definitely be reading the rest of this series. I have the second book, and I will probably start it soon before, like, I lose total interest, but I really enjoyed it, so... I recommend that one. Although, I did think it was a little weird. I don't know. Just the constructs. Like, the idea of that. It kind of reminded me. If you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3, then, you know, like, you know exactly what I'm talking about with the animals. But, yeah. Anyway. Let's move on. That movie was traumatizing. The next book I read was It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. This is book just like saved my whole summer reading thing it was it was so good but I was not expecting to like this book as much as I did but I really really liked it and it's so crazy not crazy just interesting that the main character of this book was based off of Alexis Rose from Schitt's that is one of my favorite shows. I love that show. I love Alexis Rose. And when I uh, found out that this character was like loosely based off of her, I was like, okay, I can get into this book. I can get into it. So basically with this book, you have Piper who's had everything handed to her in life. Her stepfather is like a famous director he makes all this money she just kind of lives her life going from one party to the next she has a younger sister and they kind of have this privileged life very privileged life but piper gets arrested and she is sent to the little town where she was born in and her, she learns that, like, her father, her birth father, he died there. But she used to live there when she was really little before he died. So she goes back with her sister. And they have to live there for, like, three months to prove to their stepdad that she can, you know... Sh- she gets a little reality check. So she has to spend three months there. And while... Piper is there she meets Brendan who's like a sea captain and he's like a a crab uh, crab collector like he he's a fisherman he goes he goes out to sea with a crew and they fish for crabs and whatnot a few times a year and so she goes out there with her sister and he kind of starts helping her out and he becomes really intrigued with her and he's a widow. So there's like that kind of aspect to it, but it I don't know, it's just so good. Like I loved that there were there was more to Piper than just I'm a glitz and glam, like I don't care about anything, you know, kind of bubble head she had these real insecurities and she really cares deeply about others and wanting to just make people happy she just doesn't know how because she's such a people pleaser and she wants to stay relevant but while she's there she kind of comes to the comes to terms like what do I want out of life like is this what I want is just a party I want a more fulfilling life than that, but she doesn't know what else to do, and so her and her sister start remaking the bar that her father used to own, and then she starts finding her purpose, and Brendan helps her with that, and so they kind of have their own struggles and whatever with going out for days, weeks at a time fishing um, in the sea, so... Yeah, it was really good. This will be on my favorite books of 2023 list for sure. I just really enjoyed this book. I thought it was so cute. The next one is House of Lies and Sorrow by Emily Blackwood. Okay, I'm just going to read the description for you here because... I don't even really know how to explain this book on my own. So it says on Goodreads, Jade Pharaoh will die tomorrow. Her fate was decided years ago when her useless father made a deal with the greedy fae king to save his own life. Now she is being sent to marry one of the five ruthless fae princes. The only problem is that she is not the first human to marry a a, a male fae prince. And like every human wife before her, Jade is going to be killed before she can find a way out. Malachi Wayland is the heir to the Fae throne. It's the reason his brothers have despised him for all these years, and it's the reason his father is adamant on finding him a human wife. Malachi has one job, and that is to unite the Fae in human lands. But Malachi has a secret, and it's one that gives him his rightful name amongst both human and fae lands, the Prince of Shadows. Jade and Malachi are faced with life or death challenges as Jade is thrown into Malachi's world. Will she die just like every other wife before her? Or will Malachi the same fae King the same fae who is feared across all of Ruth be the one to save her life? And I, okay, it's not a, it's not a bad, okay. It's not a one-star book. Is it a, is it a three-star book? No. It's a two, two two-star, one-and-a-half-star read. It seemed very reminiscent of A Court of Thorns and Roses, And it wasn't even, like, a good, quote, um, quote, quotation marks, copycat of A Court of Thorns and Roses. You have, like, Jade, she goes into the forest and hunts for her food to bring home to her family. She has a younger sister and her useless father, who's just, like, a drunken mess, um and then she goes gets taken to the Fey realms to marry the Fey prince Malachi and um I don't know like there was just the the whole time this book is very short but half of this book was at the wedding and literally repeti- like the repeating line is. Am I going... When am I going to die? Who's going to kill me? Who wants to kill me? Or if it was in Malachi's perspective, it was... Who wants to kill my wife? I'm tired of people killing my wives. This is the furthest that Jade has made it into the night. Like, this is the furthest a wife has made it. Jade is doing good. I don't care about Jade. I can't care about her. Blah, blah, blah. But then... I don't know. It just... It wasn't very good. Then the second half of the book, you're just kind of being like thrown through all of these loops We're like, this guy's a good guy. No, he's actually a bad guy. Don't trust him. Oh, but actually, he's actually a good guy. So it's actually okay. And here's a justifiable reason. And I just was kind of like, what, what? Like, what is the purpose of all of this going on? And I just, I didn't like it. It was really short, so at least there was that. Like, it didn't drag on. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like there was no substance to it. It felt very flat. The cut, the characters were, v- were not flushed out or developed well at all. And they went through no character development either. Like, you just wanted... I just wanted something to happen between the two different characters, but like Malachi and Jade, but it just wasn't happening that way. And I, I just didn't like it. So that was that book. Um, so sorry to the author. I hope, I hope somebody likes it, but looking at the Goodreads, no, the Goodreads reviews, um, it's not it's not looking too good. It's, yeah. She needs, one comment says she really needs an editor. That is true. Okay. And then I read The American Roommate Experiment by Elena Armas. And this is the companion novel to The Spanish Love Deception. So in The Spanish Love Deception, you had Aaron and Lena. And this, uh, the American roommate experiment, is about Lena's best friend and her little cousin. So the main characters are Rosie and Lucas. Rosie used to work with Lena in their, like, little corporate job, girly job. And then Rosie wrote a book in secret, published it. It became pretty well she did pretty well with it, so she quit her job to become a full-time author, but won't tell her father or her brother that she quit her job to be a, an author, so she is trying to hide that secret, and she's pretty close with her family, and then um, her ceiling in her apartment like falls So while Lena and Aaron are on their honeymoon, she breaks into Lena's apartment and she's like, I'm just going to stay here in the studio apartment while they're on their honeymoon. Like, it it won't be a big deal. But Rosie doesn't know that Lena promised her little cousin Lucas that he could stay in Lena's studio apartment while he's visiting from Spain and what Rosie doesn't know or what Lucas doesn't know is that Rosie has been stalking Lucas online for like a year and a half Lucas is like this uh famous surfer and he's got he got into like a an accident and so he's just taking some time off and he's traveling through the U.S. and so New York was his last stop before he goes home to Spain and he doesn't know that Rosie's there. Rosie doesn't know that he's there. They meet and they decide to just live together and they'll both be fine with it and I I liked it. I liked this book but... I didn't like how some ends were never really tied up. Like this whole... The whole book... uh, Rosie was struggling with coming clean to her father and her brother about her being an author. She was really struggling with it. And then it happens off page. Like it's not a conversation that we read about. It's just something that's like very briefly mentioned after it happens and I felt like that really could have been used as a good a plot point point. and there's this like her brother is struggling with I don't know independence or something like he just kind of becomes all secretive and disappears for like weeks at a time and so she's trying to figure out what's going on with him and making excuses for him to their dad and then she finds out what's been going on and then it's like poof it's dealt with and that's it and it really focused on lucas and rosie the whole time rosie's really struggling with writer's block so lucas tries to help her out by taking her on these experimental dates and then they start having more feelings for each other but like lucas seems to have been in love with her this whole time and rosie has had a crush on lucas for like a year because she's been stalking him on his instagram page and i i liked it but i don't know there was a lot of aspects that i was like this could have been written differently to make it seem better or to make it seem more like it had more depth to it than just the surfacey like, what what I've heard before is, like, I like it when authors show you what's going on rather than telling you what's going on. And I felt like I was told what was going on and not really shown through the words on the page. I was just kind of like, she did this, then he did that. You know, that's telling you what's happening. Showing you is using descriptive language and writing skills and... All of that to bring, you know, the feeling that you get reading onto the page. You feel the thing because you can feel the tension between them. You can feel the sadness and the grief, whatever, emotion. So, yeah. And then, like, at the very... It was such a slow burn. The whole book. And then the last, like, 50 pages, I swear... 50 pages left in the book boom 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 like the spiciest the spiciest of spice I could like my eyes ever like read over I was like I was literally from zero to 100 and half a page it was <laughs> insane and what was even going on before that no that was the point where she got home from telling her dad and her brother like what has been going on for the past year that she hasn't had a job. She's been an author this whole time. She's been struggling to write a book and then she gets home from that. And then her and Lucas just go at it like for the first time. And I was like, like, you didn't need, I don't know why authors feel like they need to put spice into their books when it would be so much better without it. And I feel like with this book, it would have been so much better without the graphic <laughs> spice scene with the last, like, 50 pages in the book. And I feel like it just, it could have been better than what it was. Like, the premise was so cute. It was so good. But the the execution was not was not there all of the way so that's how I felt about it I hope that it I hope that with her next book she she kind of knows like not to make the book 450 pages long but she also knows how not to speed it up at the very end because you have to have spice or whatever she thinks she needs to put in her book but we'll see her third book comes out soon so I hope that she's got her system down now. And then we have Icebreaker is my last read. Okay, this book is has a lot of spice in it, but I like the way that it's going like excluding the spice. I just kind of like I kind of skim past spicy scenes anyway. I feel like sometimes it can be beneficial to the plot and what's going on like with the characters connections and stuff but most of the time it's just in there because that's what sells so I just kind of skim over it until it's done and I can like get back to like the point of the story like why am I reading I'm reading this book for the story not for the spice that's just me though I know that's different for it's different for everyone but for me I read books for the plot not the smut if I wanted only the smut then I would go find it in another way I don't like just it doesn't need to be in there if it's in there fine but it doesn't need to be the whole plot I'm not saying that's what Icebreaker is though like there's a lot of plot to the book and i'm enjoying it and i i like the the three-dimensional character of anastasia she is dealing with a lot that i can relate to with like the wanting to control everything because you just feel out of control and like the commitment issues and just the like intense pressure to be something better like i can relate to that stuff so I'm liking this book and the cover is so cute. Like, I love this book cover. It's so pretty and I'm enjoying it. So, those are the six books I read in August. And I felt like it was an average. Like, the books I read were average. But it was a good reading month for me because I got to read six. And I'm looking forward to how many books I can read in September. And, yeah, hopefully, like, with my classes and stuff, it won't be too bad. Oh, I had my first week of classes, and it was great. Like, I have one more assignment to turn in that's due Sunday. And I just have to tweak it a little bit, and then it'll be ready to turn in. But I have been really enjoying it. It's, like... I don't know it's fun to study something that I want to learn about something that I'm passionate about and I'm really having a good time this first week so yeah I am super happy that I am going back to school I feel like it's gonna be really good and I feel like I'm working towards something better for myself and yeah I am excited for what the future holds. But thank you all for listening. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for coming to the library. Bye! (laughs)